This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we do things like solve stupid problems with our countdown as yeah. it's counting down. As we moved to Riverside, I couldn't figure out why it started at six. And now I realize that when I hit the button to start recording, it gives me a soft four count and then six, five, four, three, two, one for a 10 second countdown. Why don't they just start it at 10? I don't know. What? And we're not even going to focus any more effort or energy on that. We are pleased to have our guest, Mr. Karam Hussein from 20 Miles today. And we're going to talk a little bit about systems and InsureTech, something that, I don't know, have we ever talked about anything like that before, Kyle? I, I've i never heard of the topic. Yeah, I didn't think so. Is there, what is a CRM? <laughs> yep. You know what? And sadly, many agencies do not know that, though. So with that being said, Karam, give us the 10,000-foot overview, sort of who you are, where you came from, how you got to where you are, and then we're going to dive in and talk about your company and what you're doing to change the game. Sure. Thank you, uh, David. Thank you, Kyle, for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here for the opportunity. So, uh, yeah, there's like two phases to my my life, as I always call it. Like one is, you know, when I was uh, like a pre-entrepreneur, and then, then there's a second life when I decided, you know, I needed to build products that, that would solve some problems. So let's forget the pre-entrepreneur part, but, you know, I kind of like did engineering and then in 2007, I founded a company called Inbox2, uh, which was born out of the frustration, you know, that I was hearing from people. Everybody, you know, always complains about email, like too much email, and I don't know how to kind of manage my inbox and, you know, trying to solve that productivity problem. Uh, we built a product for that. Uh, that got acquired by a company in L.A., um, and, uh, you know, what I noticed there is that, you know, a lot of the people who were complaining about email were salespeople, right? So that was my interaction, first interaction with sales guys, people who were trying to sell something. So my second company, you know, 2011 was really focused on helping, you know, uh, those guys, the sales enablement, so, and really around the mobile experience too. So, you know, if you're at an airport or if you're on your way, how to kind of like manage, get that contract out, you know, just before getting on the plane, uh, making sure that you always have access to your, your sales documents. That was a starting point, And then we made it easy to share and track. Um, and during that phase, you know, we added some some tools on on like customer acquisition on that too. 
And I saw some intake coming in from, you know, guys who are working in the insurance industry. So insurance agents would come in and really excited about they want to use our product, this and that. And what happened is that, you know, like a lot of times we would spend time and onboard them. And then we noted like, okay, there would be a bit of excitement in the first couple of days. And then they'd be gone. Like, you know, like it's, it would just go like totally silent. Like there's nothing. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, and this was not the pattern with all the other, other type of customers that we were dealing with. So. And I started talking, you know, trying to dig that up. And then I found that there was like just so much friction between when it comes to technology and insurance agents and producers, you know, and our product was not designed for that. It was, you know, kind of like, it was high tech. I mean, it was CRM slash SaaS, you know, sales enablement, but it was still too far off from, you know, I think what an insurance agent would need it uh, to, to, to do their job. Um, so third time round, you know, my, my third company founded last year. Uh, of 20 miles, we said, okay, we are going to reinvent, you know, the customer uh, experience uh, or the CRM experience, but entirely focus on insurance producers. And specifically, actually, we're focusing on commercial insurance producers, you know. Uh, so how do we take out the friction from, first of all, using that, you know, something that is totally simple, dead simple, you know, easy to use, yet focuses on the use cases of what, you know, a producer needs to actually, uh, you know, acquire and build their book of business, you know, that being the starting point, right? Because a lot of like, uh, you know, customer uh, uh, data software is built around, you know, giving management uh, insights. Okay, what's everybody doing? Like keeping track of what everybody's doing. But the goal of, a, you know, a CRM should really be to help you to, you know, win more business, right? So that's, uh, that's uh, I'll kind of pause there and then... Uh, yeah, no, I'm interested as to what really attracted you to commercial insurance producers. That's, I mean, I don't know very many people who come into our space and are that focused on who they're looking to solve problems for. So you did some research or you encountered those guys along the way. I'm interested in what what had you focus specifically on that niche. And truthfully, um, you know, we haven't really talked a ton, uh, but that's our audience. So... Yeah, this is your chance to tell every single one of them the problem you're solving for them and how how you're doing that. But but first, why why commercial producers? I'm interested in what you have to say versus what I think. Sure. Okay. So uh, yeah, our our thinking is really that uh, you know, first of all, I think the if they're not, but they should be commercial insurance. You know, a producer should be focusing on larger opportunities, larger ticket size, right? So, you know, it's, it's not a transactional business. It's, it's a much more, you know, uh, let's say a relationship-driven business. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, you don't need that many accounts to build a six- or a seven-figure uh, book of business. So you have to, you know, strategize that, right? So, and you need to go about these opportunities in a certain way. So if you're not, you know, going in a transactional approach, then you need to build relationships, and we felt that that does not happen like in a, you know, uh, like, a, you know, you flip on a switch and, you know, you have a relationship that requires time. So you need something that allows you to, you know, to, to build relationships over time. Uh, at each step, you know, you're kind of like making progress towards getting that sale. And, you know, and I think there is a, you know, a more official term for this in, in the insurance industry, like, you know, the, the, the letter of record, right, is, 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 you know, I think we kind of enabled those strategies as well. But ultimately, you know, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but, you know, insurance is a commodity business, right? You are not going to be able to differentiate on, on, on pricing. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to differentiate on a lot of the messaging either because, you know, you're, everybody's kind of saying the same thing. 
so I think it really comes down to building that relationship. You know, why would somebody kind of, you know, bring you in or, or use you as the, as the producer or the agent? Because because they, they, they don't understand it. You know, your customer wants you to be there, you know, the person looking over their shoulder. But not looking over your sh- their shoulder, you know, like two weeks before renewal. You know, they, they want you to be looking over the shoulder, you know, throughout the whole whole process of the whole, uh, you know, period, right? So, and and I think, uh, in my view, technology should enable that, right? They should enable that relationship building process. Uh, and when it comes to having those conversations, that's where, you know, you, you know, come in as the producer. So, and what I feel, uh, you know, and what I saw was that a lot of the software and also the, you know, the some of the SaaS software that people are using, you know, a lot of agents are trying to use it. Uh, you still have to do a lot of configuration. So there's a lot of like doing stuff, you know, like trying to get the software to work, but that's not uh, the way it should be. You know, I think, you know, the software should really be kind of an, an enabler for you. So I don't know if that... Uh... I think one of the biggest hurdles that we have, there's actually a, a pretty deep divide as far as I see it. You have the 800-pound gorillas in the room like HubSpot, Infusionsoft, and Salesforce. They're extremely expensive to buy. And then when you buy them, you have nothing. You have to go out, you have to customize it yeah. and make it do exactly what you want to do. And that also requires a significant amount of money to do that. And the reason why I can speak on that authoritatively is because I've dumped about 200 grand into HubSpot over the course of the last wow. two and a half years at this point to have it customized for my agency. That being said, there's also a group of CRMs that has come onto the scene in the course of the last couple of years that are more out of the box, uh, that, that don't require the programming to make it custom and has some built-in campaigns and this, that, and the other. Here's where my problem is with both. The first one is is, ex- is, is that it is expensive. So the barriers to entry for an agency uh, who wants to produce that middle market commercial business that we always talk about on the podcast is high. You, ha- I mean, you almost have to be a large established agency in order to be able to afford to do that to make yourself that much bigger and better. So the strong get stronger in that case. Then you have the ones that are the out of the box. And I, to be being completely transparent, I don't know where you fit into the scheme of things. I'm just telling you the general landscape as I see it. But those have a gap. And the gap is that those are more designed as it stands right now, for Main Street agencies. I think that there's a, a need there for something to fill that void. And I'm he- what I'm hearing from you is you recognize that same opportunity, and that's what your, your goal is, is to try and fill that space. Maybe not you know compete with the agency Zooms of the world, um, but also not necessarily compete immediately with the sales forces and the HubSpots and all of that, you fit right in between the two. Am I am I accurate in that assessment? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and actually, you know, and if I kind of look at like, uh, you know, the, the bigger guys, you know, we, 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 for example, integrate with Salesforce, you know, like, and, and I think, uh, you know, what you said there was like right spot on, like, you know, you invest and you, you know, you know, you buy this, this big software and then you still have nothing. There's a lot that you still need to do. Um, and, you know, what we're trying to do is really, um, line uh you know in so and we're doing that in a number of ways so one i think you know what we should not forget in this whole landscape is the ams right the agency management system right uh and i i I don't you know and i think there's some crm systems that are a bit confused about their identity they're like trying to be you know a bit of the ams and a bit of this 
Uh, and for us, it's no, the AMS is your nucleus, and then we're kind of like building around that because that has very valuable information, you know, about your current customers, you know, which is obviously important for some of the strategies, you know. So the way we think about it is really kind of giving you some out-of-the-box strategies, and each strategy, so what is a strategy? Strategy could be, you know, like, uh, referrals could be a strategy, right, uh, to, to kind of like, you know, uh, win new business. Prospecting is a strategy, you know, and in each, you know, what we're doing is we're defining with tactics. So there's some out-of-the-box tactics, you know, that we provide you because, you know, there are people who just want to, like, jump in and start using the product, you know. Uh, they, they are maybe not tech-savvy or they just don't want to invest the time. They just want to give it to me and I'll, I'll use it. And at the same and time, those are know, also the, those are also the people that are calling you a month later asking, "How come I'm not writing millions of dollars worth of business because they buy <laughs> the product looking for a magic pill or a silver bullet?" Right. So I, I just say that because I want to make sure that we temper the conversation. People, you have to understand something. None of these systems are going to sell for you. They're going to make it easy for you to sell. They're going to make you more intelligent when you sell. But I don't know of a system yet that's a sales robot that just goes out, takes the role of the producer, and completely outsources it to machine learning. It's not there. And so if you're looking at a system for your agency, you need to understand up front that it's still going to require effort on your part. This is not, and it's also not to replace the human and client experience. It's to enhance the client experience and make it better because you're more intelligent about where somebody is in the buyer's journey or you're more intelligent about what their needs are because they're an existing client of yours already and you're simply marketing to them for something that they don't yet have. So I'm done. I'll let you keep going. Yeah, no, I think that that's an important point that you're making there. And I think, you know, what software is and what software should be, and especially in insurance, it's, it's augmenting, you know, your, your workflow, right? It's that assistant, say you're on a client meeting, you know, it's that assistant that at, at the office still doing the work. And that's the way we're thinking about it, you know, so you can actually implement some of your processes, you know, like, so for example, you know, reaching out to, to, to people, we, 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 I, we, you know, we don't think in terms of campaigns, you know, because that's like spray and pray, right? You know, so you send out a campaign, you know, and tracking opens, that's not relationship building. You know, what we do talk about or think about are processes. So what we want you to do is establish some systems that are kind of like your framework. So, so what do we mean by that? So for example, you know, for, uh, uh, for referrals, uh, you know, you sign up a new client, you know, uh, you could establish maybe after four or five months, you know, certain rules like, okay, that's a time to check in and maybe ask for an NPS score, you know, or something equivalent, right? How are we doing? Is that good? If that hap if that's positive, you know, then we will actually say, okay, well, you know, uh, Kyle, it's time to roll this person into a different uh, workflow now. Mm -hmm. um, so it's suggesting, you know, you make the decision, but it's saying, hey, we're taking out the grunt work, you know, having those, you know, frameworks available to you. Uh, you can go left, right, or center, you know, it's, it's up, you make that decision still, but that, you know, you don't have to invest any more time and energy in planning that and thinking about it. And, you know, because there's a lot of, lot going on in your, you know, like, uh, especially now with COVID, I think, you know, I've heard from a lot of producers that, uh, you know, a lot of the account, uh, you know, like the CSR, uh, CSR work is coming their way too. Because, it's you changed know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, hey, you know, uh, because you're not interacting in the office anymore. So you have to kind of like, so that's the way we're thinking about it. It's, it's you know, there, it's working for you, but it is not that magic pill that's going to get you the sale. You know, it's, it's, it's driving, you know, the opportunities towards you. It's warming up that relationship, you know. 
So for example, if you wanted to do, you know, some cold calling, you know, which uh, everybody says is dead, uh, well, we say, well, you know, why not do warm calling, right? So why not educate the, uh, the, the target audience or buyer, you know, with a couple of emails, you know, because you got to position yourself. You know, what I said is like, this is a, you know, a commodity business, though, you know, what you got to differentiate is, you know, is your insights, your expertise, you know, you have to tell the customer that you are the person that they want to be talking to doing business with. And that's how you can do that. You can, you can kind of like build a rapport, and then pick up the phone. And that would be an entirely different conversation, right? And Who told you cold calling like was dead? Yeah. <laughs> Warm calling isn't, right? So... That's why I say, you know, why not give some insights before you pick yeah. up the phone, you know, and, 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 and you know, do, uh, take that approach. So, What's been one of the biggest challenges for you? You mentioned that there was some friction early on. You had to kind of step back and reevaluate and, and change some things. What's been some of the, um, you know, bigger challenges that you faced? Yeah, I think, uh, so the, I, I would classify two. So one is definitely, you know, the, the um, you know, I think that what, what Dave alluded to in the, in, in, in the beginning is like, we kind of went through that path because, you know, I came from the SaaS world, like Bay Area, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, uh, and building a CRM system that, you know, a lot of the technology companies are jumping on. But that just does not work for, for insurance, you know, giving them like an open skeleton. And that, that's a, so I think that's one mistake that we made so that we kind of like, you know, turned around. Uh, I think the other is because, you know, there are, you know, uh, a number of uh, products out there today, you know, and... A lot of agencies have had bad experience with it, so they were not the magic pill they were expecting. You know, there's a lot of noise, right? So I think trying to kind of work through that has been challenging as well at some point. You know, like it's like, so in a way, I'm saying that for us to kind of you know break through that noise is because there's like you know some legacy or history already with you know with experience that people have had with you know some disappointing results of after implementation of software and things like that. I think that's uh, you know it's, it's been uh, challenging for us. I could see that. I think one of the things, and I talk about it all the time, one of the things that is a big um, issue with the insurance industry by and large is the whole the whole double entry of data situation has created people uh, who don't really understand why a CRM is necessary. They don't understand the role that it plays. Agency principles, by and large, are cheap. They don't want to spend money. <clears throat> they typically have, in most cases, I'm not saying everybody, and we all know that anybody listening to this podcast certainly does not have a scarcity mindset. So we're talking about everybody else. Keep, yeah. just carry on, you know, just keep listening. But that being said, they, they have a scarcity mindset. They don't realize the value that it brings. And my theory on all of this is we're not an insurance agency until we sell an insurance product, period. I don't care. If I haven't sold you workers' comp, general liability, property insurance, or whatever else, any interaction that I have with you is completely irrelevant to my agency management system for all practical purposes, which is why we operate out of HubSpot because I can monitor all of the stuff that goes on with you inside of a CRM. And I'm going to not sit here and make commercials for HubSpot because I'm very, I've been very, very clear in the past and you're not privy to knowing this, Karam, but I don't recommend anybody go out and buy it right out of the box. I, we got painted into a, a corner and I had a choice to make. I either doubled down and developed it or I just paid out my contract because the reason we, the, the whole deal that caused us to buy it ended up evaporating. So I was stuck with it. I had to make the best out of what I had, um, which I'm not also knocking HubSpot. I think it's a great system, but it's also, extremely expensive to customize if you're not a developer yourself. That being said, um, I think agencies need to run out of a CRM period. 
You know, if we didn't have things like certificates of insurance or uh, producer commission reports, book of business reports, or reconciliation for accounting, those are really the major things that you need to have your agency management system for that you can't do in a CRM right now. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. If that's just like not possible or, you know, people... Well, I mean, I think that's the way. arms race, right? We're literally yeah. in the middle of, a, of an arms race for whoever the first one is that comes out with the single product that is both the AMS and the CRM combined in one product. And I'm not saying that that's the right thought process, but that just seems to be what's happening right now with a lot of these people. They want to be all just things makes more to all sense. people. Yeah. It does, but the problem is there's such a race that I feel like things are getting missed in the development process. And so what you're ending up with is, eh, it's a reasonably good CRM. Eh, it, it, it's an agency management system that'll get by. And I'm not willing to operate with mediocre products in my agency. I want a good agency management system and a good CRM. If I have to have two products, I want to have the best two products that I can have. But you know, we've basically eliminated all the data entry. We don't put anything at all into our AMS until that person has actually conducted a transaction with us. And at that point, it belongs in there. Until that happens, they live in the CRM. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely the, you know, the way to be thinking about it. So, you know, I think that that is, so, you know, uh, in a prospect phase, that's where somebody should be living in, right? Because, you know, uh, until they become a client, I, I don't think there's anything they need to do in a, in a, a AMS system. Uh, what I've heard from you know a lot of like like the people that we've spoken to you know a couple of the larger AMS uh, you know agency management systems have you know quote uh, you know like bolted on CRM functionality right so mm -hmm. it's always an afterthought and that's the problem because you know like they started off with you know building maybe something you know the the AMS system and at some point realized or there were maybe some key customers that wanted some type of CRM functionality and it's always like an afterthought. Uh, despite being, you know, uh, you know, they're having probably the insights and the resources, you know, to both sides of the data, right? Um, some of the companies now, I think, are, you know, like Vertifor and uh, NowCerts are, you know, definitely very uh, more open. So they're actually exposing their data uh, through APIs. So that's, you know, really forward thinking. And that's great news for us because, you know, we, like I told you, you know, for us, the AMS system is the nucleus, right? So, um, uh, so that's one way... Uh, why is that important from the client side? You know, we wanted to, what we want to do is retain clients, right? Uh, so what we're trying to do is we just don't think about, you know, CRM functionality only on prospects, but we also think, okay, how do we proactively, or Brent, as Brent Kelly calls this, like, you know, being intentional about it, right? You know, I think that, that's what we're trying to enable with producers. Everybody knows what they need to do. Everybody, you know, uh, knows what they have to say once they have somebody on the call, you know? But it's about managing that, you know, your day-to-day, -day, right? And I think that's, that's, that's where the problem is. So clients, you know, uh, and having a systematic, uh, you know, like uh, approach to referrals, you know, why does it have to be limited to, you know, okay, well, I happen to be in town and I'm going to have lunch with uh, David today. So, you know, and once we're done with our steak or something, then I'm going to ask for a referral. Why can't it be, you know, like building that relationship on an ongoing basis, you know, on a weekly basis or, or biweekly and then, you know, getting that flow of referrals? Why not? Uh, so I think that's why the AMS system is very important. And to your point, David, you know, when it's a cold prospect where we're still trying to break in, that's when it lives in our system. So we always think of this integration bi-directionally. 
there comes a point when some when you have a meeting and somebody's ready to you know uh, sign sign somewhere that's the moment that you say okay now i'm sending this to the ams system but all the activity you know but it's 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 bi-directional so you know e even in the future it would be available in the ams system but you kind of like you know keep on um so I, at this point I, i'll kind of like you know kind of uh, refer or take a step back and tell you 20 miles right where does that give me give me one second because i've got really bad adhd and if i don't say this now i will forget okay. to say it okay you bring up a very good point that i think that a lot of agencies miss and that is using your crm to continue to not just market but stay in communication with your existing clients mm -hmm. and i hear it all the time that agencies you know complain. Oh, I lost this account. I did everything I could. You know, I lost this account and uh, it's because the other agent had a learning management system. And yet I sit here and I pay for Think HR all year and they never used it. And now they left me and that same, that other person came in with the exact same tool I have. Here's the deal, people. If you're not using your CRM to communicate with your clients, is tell them what the capabilities are that your agency has for them. If you're not telling them what you can do for them or reinforcing what you promise to deliver at the point of sale, your book of business is at risk. It is an easy way for you to stay in communication with your clients. The other thing is that I was thinking about when you were talking, let's, let's think about something as simple as sending out a, a basic email. Like we want to send out a marketing email to a thousand people, right? That we've got these thousand leads in our CRM. We want to send an email out to them. If you don't have a CRM to do that with, if you're just going to send out a mail merge or something else, and you don't have the ability to monitor open rates, click through rates, and all of that, what's the point? Never mind the fact you should be doing A B testing with different subject yeah. lines and everything else to maximize your opens. You know, it's insane to think that people are flying blind and wondering why. They're not getting results. Agents that are in Main Street agencies, in in I don't mean Main Street as is a negative connotation, but I would say old school in terms of thought process. They've been around a while. They'll write anybody that comes in the front door. It doesn't matter what limits you want. It doesn't matter what size your business is. Maybe if it gets too big, they don't have the right carriers or offerings. But for all practical purposes, they're where people go to buy insurance that are thinking about buying insurance. They're not doing this stuff. Most of them are not doing this stuff. And they wonder and they complain and they say that the big brokers out that are out there, the regionals, the IOAs, the USIs, the Brown and Browns, all of these people are taking business from them. And it's based off the fact that they have unlimited resources, that they have corporate jets, they can get tickets to concerts and ball games. You know what? Some of that crap happens in the sales game. But let me tell you people exactly why you're losing business. It's because you have no strategy in place to tell your clients what it is you're doing for them or can do for them that they're not using. And an easy way to do that is to use your CRM. Now we can step back because I got that out of my head. And let's talk about 20 miles for a second. Yeah, well, actually, you know, that kind of fits in very well with what I wanted to say with 20 miles. So, you know, the name kind of like stems and it's, it's kind of a life philosophy that I've used, you know, is it goes back to the, the South Pole expedition, you know, in the in the in the previous century, you know, when the so you had two teams racing to the South Pole, you know, the British and the Norwegians. Uh, and they did, you know, all their prep. And, uh, you know, the goal was who's who's going to get to the South Pole 
and you know come back obviously in one piece right and so the Norwegians had a strategy where they you know did all the preparation but as they were kind of going you know to to the South Pole they said okay we're going to do our 20 miles every single day you know so if the weather is good if the weather is bad it doesn't matter you know we will do the 20 miles and we'll stop uh, and then the next day they would continue to do the 20 miles the British, however, you know, uh, were a bit more haphazard. So they would, you know, like do 10 miles. And then if the weather was, you know, like uh, bad, you know, they might do two miles. So it was kind of all over the place, right? And uh, so, you know, the end result, the Norwegians, you know, went back and came back all alive. The British, you know, only three guys kind of like, you know, were able to reach the South Pole. And the, the three guys then died on the way, you know, coming back, right? So what's the lesson here? It's really, you know, uh, 20 miles is being persistent and consistent every single day. You need to do your 20 miles. As a producer, you need to do your 20 miles. You need to do your 20 miles for prospecting, but you, you know, and what you just said, you need to do your 20 miles for your client relationship management as well, you know? So that's essentially what we're trying to, trying to, you know, to, to enable with, you know, and uh, where the name really comes from is, you know, doing your 20 miles in relationship building, you know? At the end of the day, you know, you're gonna have those conversations, you understand the business, but, you know, we, we just want that, that system to make sure that you are not forgetting and that you stay on top of your game, you know, when it comes to doing those 20 miles every single day. Well, I can tell you as an agency principal, I want to see record that my producers have been doing that too, right? I mean, I'm not a micromanager by any stretch, but if I start feeling a little pressure, meaning I'm looking that somebody's not brought business on the books in a little bit. I need to understand what's going on. It's very easy for me to go into my CRM and make sure that they have done everything that I've asked them to do. And as the, as the owner of the company, as long as I can go into my CRM dashboard and I can see that the telephone calls have been made, that the cold call marketing drops have been made, that there's notes on the accounts in there, you know, and all of the other things that we expect from our producers that we have created sequences around, you're not going to hear me complain about it because I understand that if the behaviors are happening, the money is going to follow. It's a proven process, period. The only time that it doesn't happen is when somebody says, oh, well, this isn't really working, so I'm not going to be consistent with it anymore. I'm just going to go ahead and do my own thing for a couple of days. Then that doesn't work, and they get cold feet, and they jump back and do it the way they should have, but they lost all the momentum they had built and they had never realized was there. And I think it's interesting because a lot of agency owners, you know, we have a gut feeling and we operate off of, quote, gut feeling. But the problem is we don't have a way to quantify that. We don't have a way to quantify our gut feeling. CRMs give us the ability to do that in a very um, scientific way for all practical purposes. I mean, we one of the things we do is we use lead scoring in our agency. We understand that if people go to our website – that they should get, you know, points for that. We understand based on which links they click, they should get a certain number of points, how much time they spend on a page, how many pages they visit. And I can tell you that if I capture your IP address and I know who you are and you're going into my website and you click on that pricing link, you're you just hit the gold standard for the highest number of points I can give you in your lead score because that tells me that if you're clicking pricing, you want to know how much I cost and it's an activity that somebody who's ready to buy something or at least having a buying conversation would do. I just don't even know how the agencies that don't have the ability to do that have been so successful. Kudos to them. 
They just must work really, really hard in long hours and nights and weekends to make that happen because I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough bandwidth. I have to have a tool that's going to give me all of that information. Then when I print out a report, I'm, I know how to read that report and make a decision about what needs to happen in my business as a result. But if I didn't have that, we probably wouldn't even be sitting here talking right now. I'd be back stocking pork and beans at the grocery store. Well, that, that may be extreme, but uh, but uh, you know, to your point, I think that is true. You know, so uh, being systematic about it is really key, and and I think what we have to understand is you just have to be patient about it and follow the system, because you know, if you keep doing you know follow the system and doing the twenty miles, you're going to you know it's going to start compounding. Your efforts are going to be start you know are going to start compounding because, you know. You're kind of like, you know, doing multiple touches, maybe through, you know, some kind of a sequence, you know, then you've got, uh, you know, calls to actions, you know, you might be doing some other things. It's all part of a system, you know, so whatever system that is for your your agency or your target audience, you know, when you define your, you know, like persona, I think, you know, sticking to that is very important, too. And, I, and, and, and that's typical, like, you know, where people like, oh, they feel the pressure, I need to show results. Uh, so it does require leadership, you know, and I think you you kind of like, you know, uh, you know, get that. I'm not sure if all the agency principles kind of like are going to give the runway, you know, to, to somebody. But I think that that is important, you know, because and at the end of the day, the producer, you know, should sh- should hold him, be holding himself accountable as well. Right. Because, I mean, who are you trying to fool if you're not putting in the activity? Uh, but I think what we're saying is that that activity does not have to be stressful, you know, the whole day or the whole time. It can, you know, you can have systems in place now in 2021 that kind of do the work for you, you know, and so you can really focus on that, you know, 20% conversations, you know, that are going to get you, you know, through the finish line. The yeah, other so thing my question is, is to you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. I was just going to double down on what you said. I think the one, the one thing that's important to drive home is that when you've got a CRM and you've got a, a, a set sales process and system where they're segmented, you know, so you can move each deal through this, um, you know, through this pipeline, it allows you to identify where the holes in the game are. So if somebody's struggling and they, you know, are, um, whatever, maybe they're, maybe they're losing the deal every time after the presentation, or maybe they're not even getting there. It allows you to figure out which part of the sales process is is lacking, you know, um, and, and fix it from there. And and I think that's important and sometimes is, is overlooked with all of the, you know, bells and whistles that, that come along with, with CRMs, but it's it's a it's a basic principle. Yeah. yeah, what I was gonna say is this, you know, you can't start out going twenty miles day one, right? I mean, you can't you can't be you can't go 20 miles in one thing, let alone five things. So, you know, is somebody in the advice that I give anybody when people say, hey, David, you know, looking to put a CRM in my agency. What do you think? What's the best system? I said the best systems, whichever one you're actually going to use. You could have Salesforce. You could have that. You could have the gold standard in your agency. But if nobody picks up, you know, and uses it. It's worthless to you. It doesn't make any sense. So what I mean by what I said was, if you're going into an agency that's had nothing, there's no way they're going to take off running day number one. So what would your advice be for an agency that's looking at um, evaluating, bringing a CRM into their agency? What would you advise them as far as the ramp up? What, you know, what, sh- what should they expect realistically? Because I think what happens is, Marketing gets so sensationalized that p- 
people believe what the marketing message says. You know, it, it's like I would equate it to this. I think there are a lot of insurance agency principals out there that still think that the WWE is real, right? <laughs> now, it's it's sensationalized. It's not even remotely close to being a real sport, but yet we <laughs> were stone we were stun your ass. So yeah, we were right. we were led to believe that as we were growing up, right? Yep, right I mean, I, my heart was probably more broken when I found out that wrestling was fake than when I found out Santa Claus didn't exist. But I think that that's the method. I think that's the corner that we paint these people into is we have this sensationalized advertising that makes it look like because we have an I want it now on demand society that all you have to do is sign up. We're going to have you do a demo on demand. You're going to see how it works on demand. And we're going to put this software in on demand. And then they do that and nothing happens. And the expectations weren't set correctly from the beginning. And, and, and putting a CRM into a company that doesn't have a sales culture where it needs to be, take technology and products and throw it out the window. If you don't have the sales culture right, you got to fix that. Don't put any – otherwise, you're putting tools into a bad culture. It's a disaster. But let's assume they have that sales culture right or they're working on getting it to where it needs to be. And they say, look, I want to bring a CRM in. And I specifically want to bring 20 miles in. What does that, what does your advice look like to an agency principal that wants your software, but wants realistic expectations set for what they need to do, the amount of effort they need to put in on the front end to get it to where it needs to be? Yeah. So, uh, so I think the, the, the short answer there is focus. So I think, you can't do everything. So, and that focus has to be at a number of different levels. So one is, okay, let's not try and go after all the strategies in one go, right? So we got to focus either, are we going to try and get more referral business? You know, are we going to try to make sure that we increase our like retention numbers? Are we going to say, okay, we're going to prospect for new business. So definitely choose at least one of those strategies. Uh, and after that, even within there, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, making sure that, Anybody and everybody is your client, but definitely, uh, you know, like defining your, you know, the top 50 or the 100 or 150 that you want to kind of go after. And this comes back to the commercial insurance again, right? So rather, you know, we're not talking about transactional sales. We want to like, you know, break into some bigger fish, you know, like uh, and build relationships over time. So identifying the accounts that you want to go after and then, you know, in within that strategy, whether it's, you know, asking, getting more referrals or is it, you know, for prospecting. Uh, and I think that's that's the, the starting point. Um, and from a from a technology perspective, then what we do, you know, is like uh, with the onboarding, we make sure that we support you all the way to, you know, until you get your first success, because I think that's important, you know, so. Uh, you know, 20 miles, uh, but the, the gratification should not be delayed, you know, that long. I think you should see some telltale signs in the, you know, in the first couple of weeks. That doesn't mean that you might, may have closed the sale, but, you know, you're, you know, you're having conversations, you're having more meetings. You know, you know, you can see a pattern, right? If we do, if you do X amount of activity, that's resulting in X amount of meetings. That means, you know, if you increase that, uh, you know, activity level, you're going to increase the amount of meetings you're getting out of it too. And then I'm sure you know the sales math, right? Like, you know, you, you, you need like 20 meetings. That will get you 10 mm -hmm. opportunities. 
and about three or four, you know, uh, uh, closed deals. So you kind of like ramp up to those numbers. But I think it's important to focus on on, on a single strategy initially, you know, and, and not try to do everything in your CRM. In your opinion, what's the best the best single strategy to start with? Is it a campaign to existing clients? Is it an email campaign or something to prospects? What you know in your answer can be different things for different agencies. I might say that's a cop out. So, but what what do you think? You know what what would your advice be for a, a good place to start that way? Yeah, I, I would say you know uh, um, uh, referrals is a is a very good one because it's killing you know like two birds uh, you know with one stone. Why? Because uh, in our view, the referral you know uh, process should really start with asking uh, you know checking in with your existing client. How happy are they with you? Because if they are not you might have just saved a sale, you know, if you just discover that they're not happy with you. So, you know, so that can actually also kind of like trickle down retention numbers, right? So if they're not happy with you, and we've got like, you know, like a, a, like a very subtle way of doing that, trying to understand, you know, what, who's happy and who's not and who's at a churn risk, etc. And then, you know, and obviously the guys who are, you know, happy with you, they're, you know, we know that insurance is, is you know, a referral business, right? So I think that is a winning strategy any day. So that's where we typically, you know, would advise to start. And uh, and then there's, you know, you may have some dream accounts that you want to get in, and then that would be a different strategy for prospecting and things like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of validity in what you say, um, you know, because many people are afraid to ask for a referral. And I, I don't even understand that. I think that some people have a bigger mental block about asking for a referral than they do cold calling on complete strangers. If you've gone in and done a great job for somebody, why are you embarrassed to ask if you can go do a great job for somebody else they know? You make right. yourself a little bit of coin and you make them look good for referring you in. But again, it's just like, having a strategy around telemarketing and cold calling. People don't like dialing the phone, period. They they hate it. They, they're afraid of getting hung up on. They're afraid of getting asked a question they can't answer. So rather than fighting through it and you know practicing, putting in the 20 miles and making your reps so that you automatically get better at it, they let their fear overcome you know, the ability, their, their own perception of their ability to succeed, and they quit altogether. This take some of that out, right? I mean, you're not actually asking for the referral. The, mach the, the machine, the, the system, the software is asking for the referral. And now all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like it's as difficult to do or to get. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of weird, man. It's like, I, I liken it to, you know, when you're back in, in junior high or high school and you've got that girl that you want to call and you dial... You know, you dial the the six digits of the phone number, but you just can't make your finger press that seventh digit. And then you do, and it rings, and you hang up real quick. I mean, all of that. When all you got to do is ask for the date. The worst thing that could be happening is she says no. Okay, you're not interested in me. That's fine. Now I'm going to go on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. But, I mean, we we run into that same fear in so many different places in our life now we have tools to fix all of that, you know, to where we we can make it seem like it's coming from us if we do it really, really well. Yeah. Unlike all of the stupid bots on LinkedIn that are absolutely horrendous. The best. But, no, I agree. I think the, the the personalization level that you can achieve right now is is just amazing. And I think, and the other thing is that you know, so being intentional about it, it's it's not like 
oh, boom, I need to ask a referral. You pick up the phone. You need to ask a referral. It's you can have a system that's doing the work for you. And what that, you know, you're building a relationship. So even with your existing client, it's not like, hey, David, how are you doing? You know, can you, you know, who would you or who could you refer me to today? Or, you know, it's not like that. It's not transactional. It's like checking in with, you know, so you, you can build sequences. You can, you know, have strategies. I mean, we have this out of the box, like, okay, you know, how are we doing, David? You know, and then move on to a next step. Maybe get a testimonial from you. You know, maybe ask another question in a couple of weeks, like, hey, you know, what is it about our service that you like? Or what would you like to see improve? And then at the end of that process comes the referral, right? So you, but you don't have to sit and, and plan and send those emails manually anymore. You know, it's, it's all happening, you know. All you need to decide is who's going to go into this strategy. You know, which of my clients do I want to put in here? And that's it, you know. And, and then you follow up, obviously, on the action items that come out of it. So if somebody's like... Uh, you know, gives you, let's say, a two and an NPS, you know, you better pick up the phone, you know, right. before. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting because it's not like you're going to just pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, now that we've had you as a client for four months, can you tell me all your friends and their names and email addresses? Like, you're not going to do that. Um, no. But it would be natural to send an email. Hey, how are things going? Just wanted to check in, and then boom, they reply back. Things are great. Da 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 da. Just wanted to make sure that we're executing everything we promised. You're happy with the level of service you've gotten. Boom. Then they come back and they they give you response back, and then now you're involved in a conversation. So it becomes much more natural to to ask for the ask for the referral. But I mean. Man, if you can't use your own clients to get new business, who, how do you expect cold calling and everything else to work? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of working towards a system where, you know, we don't want to leave uh, no excuses anymore. So basically, you know, the integration with the AMS system comes in. I mean, we can detect like when, when a client signed up, oh, it's been about four months, you know, or five months since the, for their policy, you know, like kicked in. And, you know, a system like ours would come in and say, hey, you know, hey, David, you know, it's been four months since uh, Karam, you know, uh, signed up as client. You know, do you want to reach out to him or do you want to like, you know, put him in th this strategy or that tactic, you know? So that's what, you know, I think we mentioned this earlier, like it's, it's that, you know, augmenting your existing, you know, strategy and work. It's like an assistant that's kind of, you know, there 24 hours for you, you know, doing the work for you. So... Well, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is it helps things not fall through the cracks. I mean, more than anything else, I'm going to get my 20 miles in every day. You know, if I have to go out and I have to cold call, I'm going to get my cold call reps in. I'm going to get my telemarketing reps in. I'm going to get my email reps in. It's the one-off things like, hey, it's been 90 days since this person has come on board. Here's your task reminder. It's time for you to pick up the phone and call them exactly. and have the conversation. Uh, There's no you know, chance those you would remember that stuff otherwise. No, none at all. And I mean, look at how many things. So I'll give you an example of 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 why it's important not only to have a tool like this, but you also need to put yourself in a position. You know, you, you have to use it when you get it right. So we have an automation sequence, and and we use a service, local traffic marketing, for um, paid traffic to come to some landing pages that we created. And I had hired those guys and like three weeks in, I'm sitting here shaking my head like, what the heck is going on? I mean, I realize we need a ramp up time, but this isn't right. Well, guess what? I found out by going into the CRM, we had 27 leads that were sitting in our CRM that we didn't even know that were there because there was something broken. 
I don't hold them responsible for that. That's 100% my fault. I should have looked at that every single day. And because it wasn't a habit for me to go in and look at that particular screen, I missed it for a period of probably two, two and a half weeks when we had all these leads coming in. Thankfully, people were relatively gracious and we were able to salvage a good bit of it. But it it goes back to what I've been trying to preach from the second we started talking today. And that is just because you have a system doesn't mean your entire agency goes on autopilot. You still need to go in and, and, you know, just like you're driving your car, you got to change the oil. You know, if you don't change the oil, then your engine's going to lock up and then you can't go anywhere. So make sure you're doing the routine stuff that you need to be doing. Go in. You know, one of the benefits that we have is we've got a great integration between Lightspeed Voice and our CRM system. So when we have our, our appointments that are calling, all of his calls are recorded and automatically attached to the contact record. As the agency principal, <laughs> I love the fact that every Friday I can block off an hour of my time and go in and listen to him talk on the phone. Yeah. And then I know how to how to course correct him. So, yeah. you know, those are the kinds of things that I think, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have a CRM. I mean, I right. could. I could probably go pull the recordings out of the archives and all of that. But if I wanted to look at specific people, like who did we call but we didn't get an appointment set with, I can run that list and it's only going to populate, it's going to filter my screen with just those people. So now I can listen to all of those calls. Why were they bad? What was the thing that was consistent in them? What could have been said differently? Just like I can pull a report of everybody who we did book an appointment with and see what worked in those. It's not about always doing all the work for you as much as it is doing the work that you shouldn't be doing as a human being and helping you to more intelligently do those tasks that you are required to do. That's it in a nutshell more than anything else. And, you know, if you're if you're sitting here and you're thinking about this and the first question that popped into your mind is is, is people are listening is how much does this cost? Quit listening to my podcast. Don't even listen to me anymore, because that's not the mindset that's going to get you anywhere at all in this industry. You need to be asking yourself, how much can this product make me? How much am I going to get in a return on that investment? And that's a fundamental problem with our industry as a whole is people with the scarcity mindset that are always looking at cost, 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 and not realizing that they should be looking at revenue, 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 because cost doesn't matter if the revenue's there. It's not good. That cost doesn't change the more money you make. So what does it matter? Yeah, and it comes down to value as well, right? So you talk about that one hour that you kind of like block to listen. I mean, what is the value of that? I mean, if you discover a fundamental flaw in your sales guys, like they're pitching things in the wrong way, I mean, what is the value of that, right? You might have just course corrected the whole, you know, sales orgs, uh, you know, approach to 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 appoint, appointment setting, right? So, mm-hmm. and you can be I can tell you, I can tell you right now, there's an opportunity cost associated with me taking an hour out of my day to sit down and do that. And the opportunity cost is how much could I make doing something else? Well, the answer is several thousand dollars an hour if I'm doing the right activities. So it's worth it. it. I'm spending time that I could be using to generate a few thousand dollars an hour 
uh, selling for myself, whatever I could be doing in that time to go listen to something that instead of me making a few thousand dollars an hour, tens of thousands of dollars in an hour, if we fix the sales process and the revenue comes as a result of that. That's the mindset people need to have. Not, oh my gosh, I'm going to be paying how much a month for this? And now I've got to train. I mean, it's like freaking Eeyore just walked into the lobby of your agency and is complaining about yeah, never, never. So yeah, do me a favor, people. You know the, the, the sharpen the saw principle from Stephen Covey? Yeah. I don't know if you know. Like, you know yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So. yeah, my thought process is if that's the way you think, you're going to be out of business in a little while. Anyhow, go ahead and reach out to me. I'll be happy to take a look at buying your agency. <laughs> we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. Well, listen, I want to be respectful of your time, man. We're coming up on the hour. Um, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering what you guys do in your, in your product. Is there anything that I missed or, or that Kyle missed in asking you questions that you want to get out to everybody, number one? And number two, I want you to tell them how to get a hold of you so that people who are interested in continuing this conversation have the ability to reach out and get their contact record into your CRM so that you can effectively <laughs> market back to them. Yeah, sure. And we won't, we don't spam people. So I think the yeah, I, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. Uh, ultimately, you know, I think we talked about CRM. Uh, my vision for for you know for the insurance industry is what we're calling like a customer data platform you know so where it's going to you know or a customer engagement platform it you know you have all these triggers like in an AMS system and what we want to do is you know based on that you know tell the the producer or the agent what is the next best thing they can do for a client for a prospect you know or whether and whether it's a referral strategy whether there's not so much about you know, the traditional CRM thinking of like, okay, let's add, get all of our data in there. Let's do some forecasting. I think that's still, you know, like uh, thinking about CRM in the old way, but our vision is really in a system that is kind of like listening to what's happening around you in, you know, all the other software and then kind of responding to that and making that frictionless and, you know, as possible. So, you know, adoption, you should not be spending like days and weeks configuring a system, you know, in, in my opinion. So... And, no, I agree. Uh, yeah. We're we're insurance people. We're not we're not CRM developers, right? I mean, quit trying to do it. I, I, there was a guy that was in one of the forums I'm in online this morning that was saying, um, "Where can I go to learn SEO?" And my question is, why do you <laughs> want to learn SEO? Like, you own an insurance agency. Are you going to start a marketing platform that's going to go do uh, SEO? Because because these people are cheap. They want they they don't understand that if they, number one. By and large, I don't care if it's a principal or a producer, very, very rarely in our industry can somebody tell you what an hour of their time is worth. They don't know. They don't know what they work for per hour. That's why they're out chasing accounts that are $2,500 in premium to make $250 for the agency to make like 100 bucks for themselves, and they chase the account for a week. You just worked a week for 100 bucks, man. Yeah, Come on, true. go to McDonald's and get a job. You'll make more money. But I mean... You know, that's that's the problem is they don't think about that. And so because they don't know how much that their time is worth, they want to take on all of these other things that really they're not qualified to do. And there you have it, man. So now we're going to have Johnny SEO, who's also running an agency who, you know, it, it just it blows my mind. Stay in your lane, people. Focus, focus, focus. If you want to know why people are successful, it's because they understand what they're worth. They don't compromise and they stay in the lane that they're supposed to be in. And we realize that we're going to outsource the stuff we don't know to people who are highly 
qualified at what they do. We recorded a podcast earlier today with my buddy Eric Garcia and his uh, partner on his podcast, who is a doctor that is a um, marital counselor. And they brought up a quote that Eric's dad said that's so profound and yet so simple, like most people's dad's quotes, except for the big cat. And he's extremely complicated. (laughs) But here's the deal. Pay people for what they went to college for. That's it. You didn't go to college for that. Pay somebody else who did. This yeah, guy spent, true. you know, $100,000 in four years of college to understand and know exactly how to do, how to solve that problem. You're sitting here thinking you can post in an internet Facebook group how you're going to become an SEO wizard in a matter of a couple of weeks. Here's a fun fact, bud. By the time you learn it, it's going to have changed and you're not going to know the new deal. Google updates that algorithm on such a regular basis that they do that specifically for people like us. They don't want us to know how to do it. Yeah, it's a good point. You gotta, you gotta like you know be you know what you're saying. Stay in your lane. You know, be the expert you are, and just stick to that. I think you know, and uh, that's definitely true. I think this is uh, you know that's one of the reasons you know we kind of like founded a CRM that is focused. On, you know, I mean, it's like a niche within a niche, even like commercial insurance. We think there's you know very specific things that we wanna you know uh, we've learned and we're kind of like you know implementing. Because we're compounding, you know, all that, all that knowledge. And it's, 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 I'm sure you can, you know, like try and use Excel or something like that and use your manual email to do, you know, but the productivity level is nowhere near, you know, uh, what it would be in utilizing something like this or any other, you know, product for that matter. So. Agreed. How do they get a hold of you, man? Uh, we are 20miles.us. So 20miles.us. So that's where we are. Got it. People, reach out if you're interested. I am sure that you will benefit from any conversation you have with Karam. Listen, man, honestly, pleasure having you on. Uh, Just sort of threw out the old cast net on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago and said, we're looking for insure tech people to bring on to the podcast. You're the first one that responded and is on. So look forward to airing your episode soon. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. You know, thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Have a good afternoon. Same to you. Later. All right. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. Killing Commercial.